Welcome to Exiles, a Gospel of Mark podcast. We're coming to you from Grace Church in New York, Pennsylvania, where we're taking what we learn about ancient truths and the person of Jesus into our everyday life. You can check out whoisgrace.com forward slash Mark for the sermon and the resources that we're using for our conversation today. Thanks for joining us. Um, so we'll start as usual with intros. My name's Danielle, and our question of the day, uh, what's a good uh, piece of entertainment you've consumed lately? Book, movie, TV? <laughs> Whoa. Right? Whatever. That was, that was broad. Was it? Mm. Whatever. Go ahead, Sarah. Um, Sarah McCosco. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, I just got finished watching The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart on Prime Video. Thank I, you. The Lost I, Flowers? The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. Where did they go? Um, I will say <laughs> there... <laughs> it does have some triggering moments, so just be aware oh. of it before you oh. start watching it. Oh. But it's very, very good, and I appreciate Can, the message just a, behind Just it. a real quick summary? Um, or theme? It or? is women who have been through um, domestic abuse oh, wow. and the yeah, power that, that they get. This place is a, is a refuge. For refuge for them. Yes. Cool. Ah. Okay, good to know. And yes. Okay. <laughs> very good. Very, very good story. And I appreciate. No. It's f- okay, fictional. Okay. Is this what you watched to unwind? Did I watch to unwind it? Like, no, no, when like, you unwind, <laughs> to, uh, no, like, a long yes. day, you're going to no. watch this mm-hmm. and like. Someone was like, hey, you should okay. watch this. And I was like, okay. And then I was dog sitting for a week what, and, and what does like, one do when they dog sit other than they watch? They eat snacks and they watch shows. Yeah, right. So if I dog sit your animals, I will. <laughs> watch deep shows. <laughs> I will your smother Netflix. your dogs with love and watch a show. Sounds great. Hmm. Michael. Uh, I am, uh, I'll kind of put on my holier than thou. So, uh, <laughs> well, my name? Is, my name is Mike. I'm one of the past year at Grace. Um, I, I really don't watch a lot of TV anymore. It's Here just like sports. Uh, and I, I'm not really a movie guy, so I read books. Mm-hmm, sure. um, so I'm currently in uh, a three-volume series about Theodore Roosevelt. Oh. I like reading biographies. I get to the end of the day, my mind is shot. I just need to ride along with the story. Theodore I just, Roosevelt? I just finished D.L. Moody, a biography <laughs> oh, of D.L. Moody. So, I need Teddy unwind. Roosevelt. I need, and, teddy. I need, I need teddy to snuggle Roosevelt. up with Teddy Roosevelt right now. <laughs> cool. It's like a historical yeah. novel. Yeah, it's fun. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Great. Cool. Is that what you go to, like historical, like accurate I, I biographies? I go back and forth between like a Christian figure and so I did like Billy Graham, okay. I did like Martin but Luther, but then biographies of yeah. okay, Teddy cool. Roosevelt, other what are my favorite Nelson books Mandela is historical fiction. Okay, let's read yeah. it. Um, it's called The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Highly recommend. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, that's on my nightstand. It I is think. my my friend fa- gave it to me. <gasps> You have to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I is have, my it's on favorite my, it's book. On my, oh my gosh. It's in my pile. Okay. Please read it and let me I know will, immediately. I, will, you know. I owe it back to her. Thank you, Marcy. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Getting <laughs> strange vibes today. <laughs> Today's going to be one of those ones, everyone. Buckle up. Bu- yeah, buckle I just up, got guys. like a, I just got like a ton of compliments just anecdotally from people about the podcast, so... <gasps> Don't get comfortable, I guess. <laughs> Today, today's only crash <laughs> yeah. No takes, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Steven. Um, I also work here at Grace. And um, <laughs> I mean, we all work here. <laughs> uh, Not for long. <laughs> I, I recently read, I mean, I've read a, a number of books, but one that stood out was the book by David Goggins, who's a pretty controversial character right now. But okay, it, yeah. was a, it was a, essentially a biography. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. He is such an intense person. Yeah. But when you read his story and you understand the trauma that he went through and mm-hmm. now how he responds as a result, oh my gosh, it was just like, it was eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't necessarily agree with everything yeah, sure. in it, um, but just mm-hmm. how he now um, handles and tackles situations in life as mm-hmm. a result. And he's originally from Buffalo, New York. So, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Um, okay. So as he was telling like the first part of the book, I'm like, oh, I know that street. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah. Oh, I know that place. That was cool. You got to add that to my pile. Um, so I would yeah. highly recommend it hmm. as well. Um, just fascinating book. So Great. Anyway. Cool. I'll bring it back down a little bit lower. I started <laughs> watching Loki the other day on oh. Disney+. Plus. The second season, I was obsessed with the first. I'm Loki? obsessed with that show, L O K I. It's from. No. It's in the Marvel, Marvel universe. You don't know. He's like yeah, a time traveling um, god of chaos. But oh. so, <laughs> inspiration for Christmas. But uh, also, yeah, I don't know. It's just like an escapism thing. This one. It's like a half hour yeah, happy per episode. 
you can't binge it. They release it one at a time. You know, oh. just catch it when you can. Old like school. old school. You remember those days? Old school. Old when you school. have to wait like until seven p.m. Yeah, six Eastern to yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, but we wow. just finished uh, um, episode eight of the Chosen on season three. Oh, uh-huh. so like we're done now. So you're done. Sexy. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was good. Yeah, was good. yeah, yeah. Mm. I yeah. That's also how dare good... they make us wait. Oh. If you're going to be on a streaming platform, you need to make it all available. Don't, no. Well, they do, but they, you just have to wait to launch it, and then you can watch they it still whenever you want. They still got to film it. <laughs> they still got to make <laughs> dang no. content. Jeez, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Make just it ahead of time. Take them 20 years. So they, yeah. <laughs> we've got all 10 seasons right here, guys. Oh, We're just going to drip no, it to I them. The entire season needs to be available immediately to stream. Oh, oh, gotcha, like, gotcha. Do not really, gotcha. Like, Love, Love is Blind does this on Netflix. Like, not cool. Here we go. And I, <laughs> It's more evolving. Leave it Leave it That's fine. Love is blind. Gotcha, <laughs> Sarah. Um, pull up, pull up, pull up. All right. So, hey, so since we're already going down a rabbit trail, um, part of the reason that we wanted to do this Exiles podcast is to take things that we're learning just about through Mark and just other things and intersect kind of our Christian faith with what's going on in the world, with what's with what our neighbors are talking about, with what our friends are talking about, who may or may not be believers. And so, um, so full disclosure, this is being recorded on October 12th. So I'm telling you that because I want to have a discussion about the conflict in Israel and who knows actually what will be going on by the time this airs. Yeah. So give us some grace. We're, we're going to talk about it as it stands on October 12th. Um, and really... As we're talking, I would love to give you guys some practical things to listen for. Um, I'm just pulling back the curtain for you so you understand why we're doing this. And if we do in the future, we probably won't go into this big preamble, but you'll be in you'll be in on the ground floor of it. So we really just want to model like how to have a conversation. We think we've lost the art as Christians in this polarized society to be able to just have conversations with people that might even slightly disagree. We, as Pastor Eric has said so often, we put people in categories based on phrases that they say and assumptions and things. So part of the reason we want to do this is just practically model that for you, but then also just give you some things to think about um, that are going on in the world. So I'm just going to leave it pretty open-ended. So any initial thoughts about what's going on in Israel that you want to share? And we'll go back. Let's just talk back and forth. It doesn't have to be big speeches. I mean, my initial reaction was shock. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, this is like waking up to it, waking up yeah. and reading on my feed, and and as the scale of um, well, first the the kind of the bloodshed that was being caused mm-hmm. to you know the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. and then as everything the the scale of bloodshed now happening yeah. in Gaza, and so just shock and wanting to find out what's next. Just it's super super unfortunate. Yeah. Just to I mean we're in we're in multiple thousands, and I don't think there's on both sides. Yeah. And there's there's no it's not winding down it's winding up and right. it's just I don't know it's heartbreaking to watch and mm-hmm. to see the pain and grief on both sides yeah the stories on yeah. both sides mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I would agree that my initial response is just the the tragedy of the collateral of war mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we think about it I think when we when we consider war we so often just think about who wins and who loses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't think about the shocking stories of children and what's happening to them right mm-hmm. now. Um, and just, just yeah, the collateral war just breaks my heart. And they're always the losers. Mm-hmm. They're winner, loser, and another loser, always. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah. So <clears throat> for me, it's, um, I think this is a perfect example of why it is so important to understand all sides of the story. Mm -hmm. I don't, I want to say right off the bat before I start talking that what Hamas is doing is extremely barbaric and cruel and evil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat. I think we also, when all this is happening, I think it's extremely important for all of us to take the time to understand what Palestine has been through the Gaza Strip, Israel. There is a story that is much bigger than what you're Mm -hmm. seeing right now. And Mm -hmm. you have to take the time to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And if, if you do, you're going to realize that this stuff's been going on since, what is it, 47? I think it's when it all started. Oh, well, they got, well so when and they that's, got even, that's still that's, even just kind of... Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. So there's a lot of history. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying their behavior is okay. It's not. But we're already seeing on social media and news outlets, you know, 
this arguing, oh, you're on Israel's side or oh, you're on Palestine's side. And it's already beginning about, you know, div- you know, division and things like that. So I encourage us as Christians to take the time to educate yourself on all aspects. Yeah, I mean, the truth is anybody who says this is simple, this is a simple no. black and white thing. Has no idea. Has no idea. You're, you're yeah. just, this has no been clue. trying to be solved for decades right. and it will never be solved. No. The, the, there is no excuse for, for murdering no. women and children uh, or, or even just, yeah. you know, yeah. so Extremely that's inexcusable. Cool. However, that didn't, that act on that, I think Saturday, this past Saturday, mm-hmm. didn't occur in a vacuum. Right. Is what you're saying, Sarah. Like there has been, yeah. Not since you know Hamas took over the Gaza Strip in yeah. 2007, and and just the the airstrikes that they've been mm-hmm. uh, terrorizing Israel with, but then yeah. Israel and and yes. the way they've limited freedoms and limited yes. opportunities for those in the Gaza Strip and they, basic needs. And there there's mm-hmm. a there's a difference in the way Arabs and Israelis are treated in the state of Israel Absolutely. and how that yeah. feeds into and you can just keep pulling yep. the thread and right. there's the actions are inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they didn't occur in a vacuum, and there are uh, complicating factors that go back generations, centuries. Did you guys know that Hamas has their like headquarter, like a war room, in the basement of a hospital? No, that's intentional. It's super strategic and intentional. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, that just a lot, made yeah. me think of that. It's just insane. It's insane the things that people think of. I don't know. Anyway. Yep. Um, yeah. So for Christians, I think a lot of times, and this has happened to me in the past, like there are things about being a Christian that I think some of us, me, I'll just speak for myself. I inherited. Oh, yeah. You know, you come into the family and you like inherit, you inherit the stuff. And one of them is this relationship with Israel. And I understand, I understand like, I get it, but it was never like when I first started hearing, oh yeah, Israel, this Israel, that yeah, Israel. Yeah. We always stand with Israel. Da, 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 da. I was like, okay, cool. But the, the, the thing that I think it's confusing is that the Israeli government is not infallible. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like we have to just be like, we have to like co-sign all the stuff because, because we stand with Israel, because we stand with our extended family, if you will. Um, I don't know. That's always been a tension point for me oh, it, in recent decades um and i'm not again i'm not don't hear what i'm not saying i'm not saying i i don't stand with our family i'm saying i don't necessarily feel like that means i have to agree with what the government right is how the government is and has responded toward the palestinian people and toward you know and it's okay if you don't want to take a side oh that's true it's okay if you're just neutral across the board and you're just willing to Look at the situation as it's a big picture and educate on all aspects of it. I think there's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You don't have to take a side. So so we see in scripture, you know, there's general revelation. God has revealed yeah. himself generally to all people. However, his special revelation includes his word uh, and his word and the culmination of which is Jesus. He chose to bring about through a chosen people, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. That is clear. And even mm-hmm. though we're in the new covenant time, I don't believe there is still something about the people of Israel that I think is special to God. I agree. Yeah. So the Jewish people, when the pastors, and we talked about you know this past Sunday and, and having a prayer moment for the, the conflict, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Derek said, like, the Jewish people are part of our spiritual heritage. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe, and this is more Mike, I don't believe the modern state of Israel is synonymous with the Jewish people. I and I think that's kind of what you're saying, yeah. Danielle, is we don't have to rubber stamp what the modern state of Israel does and feel like we're obligated to as a Christian because I don't think it's synonymous. But there is something, there should be a brotherhood, a sisterhood we yeah. as Christians feel with the Jewish people, and as we should be grieving with them in this moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, so many. Well, in Romans 11, where I wrote it down so I don't forget, Romans eleven seventeen we read that which is exactly what you're saying like we're grafted into abraham's promise mm-hmm. and it would be like if someone like was beating up your cousin in the playground and you were just like i don't know and just walked away yeah, yeah you know like it's it's your it's your extended it's our yes. extended heritage our extended family mm-hmm. yeah I but, agree. but i think as jesus walks on the walked on this earth as well like just because a people was part of a promise it didn't excuse them from the challenge Correct. of um, what's truly going on in their heart. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, and in fact, you know, Jesus was harder with those mm-hmm. who 
who were part of the family. Um, so if we look at the Pharisees and we look at the religious leaders, you know, very hard with those um, individuals because they, they subscribe to and held to a certain standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Jesus says, you know, uh, we shouldn't commit adultery. And Jesus, what did Jesus say? Well, I say, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, then you've already committed adultery. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's pulling back those onion layers mm-hmm. of... He's raising the bar. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not this superficial, we can't think about type of relationship. Right. It's like, but I mean, we, we have to get serious with one another if we are truly family. And I, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a danger now in this sort of Western society, Western culture, um, where we just adopt a tradition mm-hmm. um, blindly, right? Um, and we're not we're not really thinking about it. So I went to Israel actually weeks before the pandemic. Um, I was lucky. Oh, I didn't know that. Get, oh, cool. Didn't get stuck. In, oh, geez, in that's Israel, not a place you want to get stuck because um, they shut down fast. Yeah, they shut down fast. It was literally like the week after. Yeah, um, I was home and it was you know pandemic started. Anyway, wow. Um, <laughs> it was fascinating to me, and I've shared this story a couple of times, but. Um, I was, you know, obviously American American tour party, and we had a, an Israeli, a Jewish tour guide, um, who was, for lack of better words, anti the rest of the world, especially anti Palestine. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we got to the border in places, you know, he would make, you know, I would like say comments, and stuff? yeah, inappropriate comments, mm. and we were part of a t- American tour bus who was. Um, siding and enjoying those comments so there was like amens when i would when i would say he said something inappropriate and my dad and i are like looking at each other and we're like this just feels awkward and again i'm i'm scottish um, but i am an american citizen at this point um and so i feel like i have a little bit of a worldly perspective or a broader perspective not a Mm -hmm. not a worldly perspective well um but yeah yeah, whatever take it um anyway but what was interesting was halfway during the the, the tour that we were on, that tour guide's sister passed away. And so he had to go do like the seven-day, you know, oh, yeah. Jewish oh my gosh. burial rituals, all those things. So we got a new tour guide who was actually um, a converted Christian from Palestine. Whoa. Um, who actually hated Jews prior, um, met Jesus, and now his mission is to evangelize the Jewish people. It's like Paul. And it was... <laughs> yeah. It was, That's wild. It was but so what? fascinating, guys. Like, I tell you, um, because... The tone, probably. What he, yeah, the tone was totally different. The care that he was talking about, you know, the, the world, yeah. you know, how the world needs mm. Jesus. But it was wow. just amazing to see how fickle the tour bus was. Um, and so yeah. there was a man with the anti, uh, you know... Um, the anti-Palestine yeah. remarks, but then there was also amens with this new tour. And my dad and I are looking at each other and like, they, they, don't, they, they don't understand. Know, they don't understand. Like, yeah, they don't understand what they're doing. Listening. Oh, um, and they're it was not, just, it was they're such not informed. A fa- like such a saying. fascinating social experiment, honestly. That you need um, to like write a book about that. That's wild. it. Was just it was wild to me just sitting back, but it just reminded me like how how quickly we can follow blindly. Um, and just be influenced by the narratives, the mm. predominant narratives yeah. that are speaking yeah. into our life. And we don't really yeah. stop to think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what we ought to do in a situation like this. Yeah, that's good. So we have to stop and we have to think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus walked through Samaria right. when everybody else took three days yeah. to walk around Samaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we can't be just, yes. you know, shallow Christians to think yep. that, we have to idolize or jump in a on a bandwagon really fast, right. um, because there's, you know, there's there's damage that happens. Totally, and um, in, in America, right? And in America, I think we we get specifically we also get tangled up with the the governmental side of things, you know, where that we kind of we've talked about this before. We kind of overly rely on our government to legislate our morality and things like that. Mm. And so, you know, if our government says, "Oh, this is a staunch ally of us," da da da. We're just like, great. Just like, it just, you know, it feeds into what we can sometimes do. Um, Dave said something interesting to me last uh, this morning. We were talking about this, and he, I've never thought about it this way, which shame on me, but he said um, when stuff like this happens, especially in and around, like, Israel, he his eyes in particular are opened up to this spiritual battle that's going on mm-hmm. that is there the war that's happening that we're not seeing is yeah. way more insane than what we're seeing play mm-hmm. out which is unbelievable but it's true 
And just like he said for him, this kind of stuff around Israel throughout all of history is like proof to him that this war is going on and that God is real. Mm. God becomes more real to him, not because of war, but you know, which I thought was just a cool, interesting perspective. Um, Is it this like center of the universe reality? Like it's just for centuries. Yeah, exactly. This this has been happening. Why? Yeah. And this tiny little plot of land. I mean, well, and not even yeah. not even the land, but I mean, I think if you look back at thousands of years of persecution the that the Jewish people, the people have felt, yeah. Yeah. God, and again, the modern state of Israel in my mind is not synonymous with. However, the Jewish right. people have endured such which is just crazy. persecution all over the world, and yeah. I again, that's still God's chosen people. Right. What that means is different now in the new covenant, but that's still God's chosen still people. True. And yeah. I think the spiritual warfare aspect of it and the oppression that they felt, I think that's that's a that's a reason for that. Yeah. Because they're still God's special yeah. possession yeah, at a very which we've been basic level into. it does it just mm-hmm. points back mm-hmm. to the fact that God is real right um and there's a war yep between good and evil going on right. um and the people that God chose are are persecuted as it. a result of yeah, yeah they're in they're, they're they're center of it yeah, yeah. so i guess i don't know yeah, how long you want to sit on this danielle but well, I, however I long guess you want. I don't care. my my uh i guess what i would want to say to everybody listening mm-hmm. is it's very clear in the old testament that you know, we share that with the Jewish mm-hmm. people that God's heart is for the foreigner, the widow, and the orphan. Yeah. Throughout the Old Testament, God says, pay special attention to the foreigner, the widow, and the orphan. There are widows and orphans yeah. on both sides of this conflict. Yes. And depending on the perspective, the lens you use to look, both sides could be considered foreigners. Yeah. And so that's true. I guess my, I, I would just say, as we think about it, let's not be blindly go with you know don't be fickle and just take be informed Mm -hmm. and i think just be willing to see both sides Mm -hmm. i guess you know Mm -hmm. there are people that god loves on both sides and there's conflict that is a result of sin Mm -hmm. that is coming to both sides and we need to be able to hold that tension and not just paste over a black and white and assume that would be that's great. What I hope people take away. That's great. And, I think that's yeah. good too. Um, you know, I, I think about the Old Testament um, as it relates to the nation of Israel as well. And and yes, there wasn't exclusivity that mm-hmm. that existed, but the door was never closed. Correct. The door was never closed. I would I would go as far as, and this might be a little bit too broad, um, and okay. some people might push back on this, but I would go as far as saying that the nation of Israel was set apart for the world to see what a relationship with God was to Could look be. like I see what you're saying. should be should be um mm-hmm. in you know mm-hmm. God's pursuit of redemption of this world but people were still welcome to join mm-hmm. that nation there was still a grafting that was available yeah. in the old testament too obviously it looks n- different now in this in this yeah. new testament reality through grace and you know mm-hmm. faith in Jesus but it wasn't like oh we're a nation of Israel everybody's out right there was a real reality where Mm-hmm. Just ex- as exactly what you were saying, Mike. People w- were allowed in. The door wasn't. The lineage of Jesus has foreigners absolutely. in it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a really important point yeah. um, for us to to at least acknowledge. And, and yeah, and you're, I don't think this is what you're saying, but also it just made me think the the complications that arise around a religion that is also an ethnicity yeah. is... It's started then. It's, it's, yeah, it could be very complicated. Um, and it, it's all right. You're just so quiet. I, <laughs> it's all right. I have a lot of thoughts about all this, but I'm not ready to talk about them. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, like, no, no. And yeah. if you have to keep mm-hmm. processing it, don't feel if you get in a conversation with someone that you have to have all the answers and you have to like defend yourself. Just yeah, be like, good. I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that or I don't know about that or I don't know how to touch base on that. That's yeah, good. you can still sit in a conversation don't with make person something and not yeah. have to. That's yeah, good. absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's good, Sarah, thanks. So that's where, I, that's where I'm at. Great, and so <laughs> and also I want to share with you guys that today's sermon, big idea was Jesus is Lord of everything so you can rest easy. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Come yeah. On. We have Sarah Burt, Pastor Sarah was telling me the other day, we were having a conversation and she was just saying how like we have this like reality, right, of the here and not yet and the whole thing to come and how yep. we have the a gift to have a posture of walking through difficult and weird things and like knowing yep what's coming. Um, the sovereign perspective. So, yeah, and like mm-hmm. she, I think yeah. she was saying Zach 
on Sunday, Zach Cathcart shout out did a really good verbal where he talked about like if you were like going through all the motions to get into Harvard, you got to do all the tests, you got to do all the stuff you deal with bullies in school, you got to think. But the thing is, you already got into Harvard. You know, you're already in Harvard, and you're yeah. just going through all mm-hmm. this stuff uh-huh. and dealing with all these things. I thought that was like a really cool way to put it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jesus Lord, everything so you can rest easy. We're talking about <laughs> legalism and the Sabbath. Um, again, this is another one of those we talked about a couple times ago. There's a string of narratives here where Jesus is going to be like, not only is this true, but I'm the God of it, so deal with it. He's just kind of mm-hmm. laying out <clears throat> laying out what's happening in the kingdom, the new kingdom, new wineskins and all that. Um, so Pastor Eric talks about three markers of legalism. Um, legalists add their own rules to scripture. They appoint themselves as judge over others, and they strictly hold everyone to of, to their own rules of choice. Any experience with that, with yourself or people around you that you want to talk about yeah, so, or how you've dealt with it in the past? Whatever. So growing up, I, I thought, you know, legalists um, were just the fundamental Christians. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, sure. And, and I came to realize, um, having had experience with maybe, I would say, hyper-charismatic or, mm. you know, Pentecostal, that there's, a, there's also a fundamentalism that exists there, that legalists can actually exist on both sides. Um, And I love that Derek mentioned that in the message Mm -hmm. as well. Like, um, it's not like, oh, we're fundamental Christians, so therefore we're legalists, so the pendulum swings over to Pentecostalism Mm -hmm. because legalists can live there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I experienced a lot of that Mm -hmm. um, as a lead pastor, um, just from both sides. Um, And it's, it's really difficult to navigate. It's so difficult to navigate. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'll, I'll be honest, I found myself in response to some of the uh, negative experiences that I had um, towards, you know, I would say, hyper-Pentecostals um, actually m- moving towards yeah. fundamentalism and mm-hmm. the legalistic side of that mm. um, and, and starting to dip my toe into the unhealth um, that exists um, because it's easier to to really pitch your tent in a camp mm-hmm. and just camp there and not necessarily walk that uncomfortable line. Yeah, that's exactly what um, we're talking about. Yeah, and, uh, right. and so I think just, you know, confessionally, I, I've experienced that in my life. Even when I came to Grace, mm-hmm. there's probably areas that I had settled in yeah. that when I came to Grace, I was challenged in sure. and I've come to realize that maybe I made a secondary issue a primary issue. Mm. Oh, that happens a lot um, to me too, yeah. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. So there is the balance between legalism and license in the church, because he talked about mm-hmm. that too. Legalism, you got to do it this way, license, anything goes. And it's been fat. I grew up United Methodist, okay. uh, attended a lot of non-denominational churches here at Grace. Oh, we're actually Baptist at our roots, guys. Don't freak out too much. Ed, please edit that out. Um, so it's... Just kidding. But moving into Erie with a very Catholic background. Yeah. So actually, uh, I preached earlier this year... Uh, and actually, Derek got some emails about a way I had phrased something, and we actually went back through it. I was speaking probably to my background, mm-hmm. those who take license, like, no, you actually, <laughs> you can't just pray a prayer and then it's done, and that doesn't, that's not salvation. Salvation is receiving a regenerated heart and then actually taking steps and being sanctified, and so your life needs to match it. But as I was trying to speak to my background, those with license, I was doing it in a uh, in, in our context here of Erie uh, of a very kind of Catholic mm-hmm. that can you know can tend towards legalism, and it spurred a reaction from some, sure. because I probably wasn't as articulate as I should have been, and it's so there's there's legalism in both sides, there's license. Yeah. We need to have a balance. We can actually learn from each other, mm-hmm. but it I've said it before. I feel like the Christian life is sometimes like a knife edge. Yeah. And you, you slip and fall, and you try to get back on path. But mm-hmm. So that's just been a fascinating experience to me to kind of be in this eerie. There's a specific spiritual context here in Erie mm-hmm. that I'm learning, and I think a lot of it has to do with that balance of license and legalism. Yeah. The majority of the people that I know that are no longer part of religion or have a relationship with Christ in any way, the main thing I hear is they were so beat down by all the rules and all the things that they couldn't accomplish and the, and all of this weight mm-hmm. of constant failure. And so the legalism side of it with all the rules, that's what I see the most in my life with the people who are 
that I encounter. Yeah. They just get so sick of it and they miss out on the entire relationship. They're just so focused on the list of rules that are beat on them that by the time, and most of it is, it was pushed on them all through childhood. And then when they were old enough to make a decision for themselves, they were like, I'm out because they have been beat down. And it was never, Jesus was never properly introduced to them. Hmm. They were so Hmm. like focused on these rules being put on them that when they finally were able to make a decision for their own, they were literally too excited to know him or not excited, exhausted. Exhausted to know him. They're like, I'm out. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. And that has been, that's the biggest thing that I see in my life personally with people. I agree. I grew up Lutheran, which let's be honest, it's like Catholic adjacent. There's like two, like the the mainline Lutheran stuff is like a couple things different and that's about it. Um, But that's, yeah, that's the story. It's like you have all these like rules and um, liturgies and, you know, all these things that you're doing and there's just like somehow no relationship with Jesus None. at all. There, there's no room for it. But <laughs> the, I think the positive thing for like those kind of people and like for what happened to me is like, if you can get away from that and like not encounter it, you know, deal yeah. with it. When you go back to it, yeah, it is so rich and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. like for people who, even for people who maybe like ex Catholic or whatever, like not that you have to go back to a Catholic church, but like that journey can be so Awesome. So awesome. When Derek says in his message about all those things are supposed to take you to Jesus yeah. and like build this excitement. Right. When you get to a point where those things are actually, you're, everything is being done wrong. If it, if it's take, if it is taking that excitement away, like it's, yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, like and this- I did it to myself. I did it to myself for a long time. Like I have to like have this perfect checklist and I have mm-hmm. to do all this stuff. And it literally exhausted me. It got to a point where I was almost insecure and afraid mm. to sit with him at all mm. because I was just, I couldn't deal with the guilt and the shame of it all. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it worked itself out, but thank goodness. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, Jesus is very clear that, yeah. that the Sabbath was supposed to mm-hmm. reinvigorate, yeah. refresh, mm-hmm. um, and, and those those rules had just exhausted the people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, oh. so in order to be refreshed, we must A plus B mm-hmm. equals mm-hmm. C. Or I mean, there was more. Well, <laughs> there, was, there was more 15, than just two. Things. You know, just yeah. lots. Um, I lost my train of thought there. Um, come back to me. That's right. No, you were saying he. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, and. And again, and legal, and then again, so the flip side is, and again, that's my back. Oh, don't throw out all the rules. Yeah, yeah. Because you read in the yeah. there were rules about the Sabbath, yeah. and there's there does need to be rules, but we can't add on top of what God right. has said yeah. because right. we are devaluing what God has said or what God has ordained. And I just think there's, you know, when we did, uh, we went through the Apostles' Creed in June. I was talking with people with a Catholic background, yeah. and you know, they were like, you know, one thing I learned in the Catholic tradition and. Reverence. Mm, that's a good. Uh, We're not great at reverence on say. more, you know, maybe our side, uh, our flavor yeah. of faith. Sure. But there's something to be learned about. There's a, you no, know, you need to prepare yourself to come before a holy God. Yeah, so we can good. learn from each yeah. other. We need to not swing. One's not better than the other. Yeah. Mm, so so I, I truly believe that the intent in the, the intent in the traditions that exist in this world today as it pertains to the Christian faith, um, including Catholics in there as well. Mm-hmm. I believe the intent was good. Yes. Yeah, um, I did so the original yeah. intent, and they say, you know, give anything 20 years and it will be corrupted by sin. Oh, sure. um, 20, and, minutes. And, <laughs> 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, when you, uh, if you've ever been to Rome and you, you step mm-hmm. into the Vatican City and the beauty, mm-hmm. like re- you yeah. can't, you cannot ignore the reverence yeah. Mm-hmm. The original reverence, the original intent of that building, yeah. like it was, it was an act of worship. Yeah, it was yeah. built now for it's God. Yeah. Far from perfect now, uh, sure. obviously, you know, plenty of controversies over the years in the Catholic Church. Sure, but um, my encouragement has always been, and and this has been part of my journey. So I came, you know, from Scotland, didn't really understand Christian tradition, mm-hmm. nor did I really care. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty active growing church. I don't I don't want to use the word progressive because I think that'll get lost. Yeah, probably. Um, but it was it was a you know focused on the community. It mm-hmm. was a growing church. You know, 
probably focus less on traditions and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I came and I became a a youth pastor and a lead pastor of a a small country church that had a high emphasis on tradition, I had no idea, you know? So I remember being a youth pastor and um, the church, after the offering, the church standing up and then singing the doxology. Oh, wow. And yeah. I'm like the I'm like the youth pastor of the church. I'm like I've never heard this before. <laughs> never heard this. And I remember feeling so insecure. Yeah. But my point is this, and and hopefully this can serve as an encouragement to some people that are listening. Never stop asking the question why. Yeah, why yes. do we? Um, mm-hmm. Because I found that part of my story, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I handled it well. So I apologize to my church if anybody's listening early <laughs> on. Because if you couldn't give me a reason for the why, then we stopped doing it. Oh, you were just. Um, and I was maybe a little bit harder than I mm-hmm. needed to be, mm-hmm. but asking the question why gives you the opportunity. Um, or gives the other person the opportunity mm-hmm. to maybe rediscover the beauty again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to make a case for something, you have to... Th- correct. Yeah. Um, and it allowed me the opportunity to appreciate, like you're saying, Danielle, yeah. appreciate the beauty that mm-hmm. existed yeah. in the original intent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came in my journey, the 12 years I was there, to really appreciate some of the beauty of what was established yeah. and what we honored and, yeah. and, and became tradition. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and so just encourage, you know, so often we throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. but I don't think we ought to do that. That actually is. That's, that. that's a real You've one. Never heard that. You've never heard that? Nope. Oh. You're lying. I swear. That's actually a real one. I'm going to get it. I'm bringing a notebook from now You on should, but that's a real I, one. The- but what's, what's interesting, Stephen, is so, so the Pharisees. <laughs> The baby's coming. The amount of people that have said Gardy Lou to me. Yeah. That's going to be our first merch, Gardy Lou. So what's interesting Probably is in, I can see it. in the passage, the Pharisees ask why, right? Why do your disciples, and Jesus gives them the why, and so. But they ask why with a closed heart. It's a clo- yeah, Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. the posture. But he uses that. There's to, a cynicism. because well, your stuff is crap, and here's the why for the real, here's yeah. the. Yeah. Sabbath made for yeah. me. So we have, like, we have to ask why with an uh, an open and ready to learn heart, and that even goes. I mean, that even goes with the the Israel yep. conflict yep. that we're talking about earlier as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if if we don't know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to ask why with a posture that's ready to learn, yeah. um, not not a, a, a cynical why, right? Um, because it, there's there's no benefit to anybody, and uh, that's just that's just entertaining pride. That's good. I agree. Um, yeah, and so as we're talking about Sabbath specifically, um, you know, again, this is another one of those like great relational gifts from God. It's this, re- it's this gift of that also is sanctifying us, but it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Just the way that God orchestrated all this, if you can get your brain around it, is really we're very we're very lucky people. Um, so Sabbath definition to cease. Um, and practically it's one 24 hour period each week devoted to rest from work. So we'll get into like frame. Well, actually, let me just say now. So Pastor Eric gave like a helpful framework also. First of all, obviously is finding like a when it would happen, but then, uh, four things, unplug, gather, worship and rest or recreate, Um, let's just talk about our own personal journeys with Sabbath and learnings along the way. I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Really, really no. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Are you Admittedly, I'm a workaholic, Andrew and you know, people people laugh when I say <laughs> that. Our shock face but I, I think it's like, a it's a real it's, it's a real, real problem. It is. It's it a is. real problem that I have to constantly be reminded mm. of, and um, people around me, safe people around me, need to remind me. Sure. You're working too much. You're working too much. Mm. Um, and so Sabbath quite honestly, is a foreign concept yeah. um, in my life. I, it's not foreign to me, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not for you, you in, in practice. It, so, yeah. It's, it's really foreign. I have to work ironically work to make it happen, to work yeah. to make it happen mm-hmm. um, because I don't enjoy it. If I'm being honest, yeah, there you, yeah, um, I right. don't enjoy the rest side of it mm-hmm. because I can't understand why it's beneficial? It like, your mind? like I enjoy, I enjoy or? working. I really enjoy oh. it. Like, and it's which is valid. There's, there's a, you know, there's a pro- productivity. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like to produce results and those sorts of mm-hmm. things. But if I had to choose what I enjoyed most, it, resting is not part of that. Working is part. Like, I, if it was an enjoyment, yeah, know, scale, scale. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. thank you. So, what about what Derek? Derek kind of, mm-hmm. I thought it was super helpful. Like those who work with the 
the mind use the hands yep. to rest and the yeah. mind. So is yes. there, Absolutely. can I, you be productive in a different way that allows yep. what you use nine to five? Until I came to Grace, I'd never heard that. Yeah, it's super helpful. Um, and that was really helpful to me because there was this shame guilt reality that yes. I wrestle with because I'm like, I don't enjoy this right now. You it's not restful it. to rest. Right. Mm. Um, and so I don't want to do it. Yeah. But I'd, I'd never seen that part of the framework before. Mm. Like worship makes sense to me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, gathering with people makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Um, what was the one? What was the uh, unplug. unplug? Like that, all those make sense to me. But this idea of rest or recreate, mm-hmm. that those that work with their minds can work with their hands and those that work with their mm-hmm. hands can, you know, mm-hmm. work with their minds or rest with their minds. Yeah. Um, because I totally relate to that. Yeah. I'm at a computer all day mm-hmm. working with my mind, mm-hmm. but I love to make stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and for that to be an option, I never knew it was an option before. Yeah. Mm. So in this last three, three and a half years, it's it's been a journey for me mm-hmm. that it's almost like you have permission to yeah. now um, in a way that makes sense, not in yeah. a way that I feel guilty about or not enjoy. You can Sabbath mm. with Marlo in the backyard making the fort. Correct. And that's a Sabbath, even right. though you're active, you're yep. Sabbathing and you're gathering with your yeah. child and you're, yeah. Yeah, which I never knew was an option before. Do you have the same, I think we talked about this a little bit before, do you have the same issue when it comes to like a daily or semi-daily connection with God time? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Just on a smaller scale. Yeah, and I would even say coming to grace, great, it's been a big journey for me coming to grace. (laughs) Um, But being a lead pastor Mm -hmm. and having a personal devotional time with God Mm. uh, was part of my sermon prep. And oh, so when God, I yeah. no longer preached oh, on a gotcha. weekly basis, like it's a, you know, the rhythm. producing mm-hmm. results mm-hmm. and, you know, serving people and caring mm-hmm. for people. And I could lump my stuff into it as well. Um, now no longer preaching. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't know what a personal devotional time really looks like. Yeah. And I've been a Christian since I was eight mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. And, yeah. and so there's just been a lot of this like, discovery, rediscovery Mm -hmm. uh, for me in this season of life where you think, you know, people look at you as, you know, as a lead pastor, like, oh, he's got it all figured out. (laughs) And then I come, (laughs) you know, come to grace three years ago and I'm like, I don't really have a whole lot figured out. You know, I knew how to be a pastor, Mm -hmm. but how to be a Christian. Yeah, that's good. um, With a true personal faith. Mm. um, I'm now just learning some stuff. Yeah. um, Which is which is fascinating. So there is, uh, and so I've talked about, I think the last couple of weeks talking about like time with, I'm, I have rediscovered in the last year more out of necessity than anything, the rhythms of Jesus, which Sabbath is one of them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've, I have tried to, to build it in. And I think I've done a better job in the last year. And it's, it's, it's honestly helped me. I, my default is anger. Um, I've learned how to, Patch drywall in my house. Don't worry. The girl, kid, Emily and the girls are safe. It's fine. But like, <laughs> the drywall but, is not. Yeah, the drywall is getting there. Um, but as I've like, all right, I'm going to actually carve some time out of my week and I'm going to rest. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's more than just not working for me. I used to like, all right, then I'll get all the hobbies in on this one day and then I'm exhausted yeah, yeah. after doing all the, all the yard work. I can do it, but there needs to be some like balance there. Yeah. So I, I have been far more intentional, especially the unplugging. I don't have Facebook anymore. I I set my phone on. You got to have your blood has to be in. We have to share blood. We have to be family for you to get through on my phone on my Sabbath day. Otherwise, call Emily. That's a good tip. And it has helped me. Yeah. Like I am now. I mean, heck, I lost I lost my phone in the woods on Monday. That's normally something I'd have gotten ticked off about. But I'm even looking back, like in my time with God today, like. Wow, I actually handled that a mm. lot mm-hmm. better. Oh, good. But because those daily yeah. and these weekly rhythms, I've begun to like really carve out mm-hmm. and try to do well. So it's it it works. It actually helps. It's like God knows what He's doing or something. It's wild. I know. How does He know <laughs> it? Right. That's a, I've made mistakes along both of the lines of what you guys are saying. Like just thinking that Sabbath is like this, and it is a decompression time, but. I would like decompress toward like isolation or en- entertainment or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Whatever. If you want to watch a movie on your Sabbath, fine. Whatever. Watch a movie on your Sabbath. It's not a big deal. It's not, you don't have to be legalistic about it. But like, I would like literally be like, 
I need to finish the show or whatever, or something stupid like that. Like, um, and I've had such better shots at it. Again, I'm not super consistent to what you're saying, Steve, and I agree with that. Like, it's hard for me to be consistent with it. Um, but when I do manage to make it happen, having that mindset of like, oh, so I can be with my family mm-hmm. while this is happening, <laughs> and that's fine, and that's good. And I can go do this craft thing or whatever thing mm-hmm. with Dax because that's fine and that's good. And it's all things that are like out of the normal rhythm. Yes. That's kind of the mindset that I try to use. Like what am not what do I not have time for, but like, I don't know. What can I like and, maximize right and now? And I do take a little bit extra time with God. I'll take a little bit sure. extra longer yeah. chair time. I've got I literally have a Sabbath book and oh, I read cute. one chapter. Oh, I thought you so, may have like a journal. Well, no, no, no. It's like a book. So say it's got 12 chapters, it's going to take me three months because I'm reading one chapter it's in the afternoon. It's only for the Sabbath. Only for the Sabbath. Oh, that's when the a cool girls idea. go down. Uh, right now it's I'm called, reading Deeply Formed only Life. Only for the Sabbath. I just finished Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard. Oh, you're oh. choosing a book and assigning it for the Sabbath. Yeah. Yes. It's not, I thought you meant uh, you had a Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. that makes more sense. So I have a book. I only read one <laughs> chapter on every one of my Sabbaths. And gotcha. so during nap that's time, a great tip. I will yeah. sit there in the afternoon and I tell you what, I get way more out of that book than I do if I'm just trying to mm. slap pages around at night, like when I'm tired. So, I want to touch base slap. on the guilt that we feel if we are doing Sabbath. Like, I think we briefly touched That's on it. Okay. Like, yes. we think we're doing something wrong. There's all this stuff that has to be done, and we feel guilty about doing it, and, you know, et cetera. I really, really appreciated Derek and his message because as I was watching it, he's talking about the Sabbath, and I'm, yelling at my computer i'm yelling but god literally took a sabbath god did it god like (laughs) the guy who who are we and then he derek says it and then derek says god took a sabbath everyone like the god of the universe the almighty took a sabbath why on earth do we think that we don't need a sabbath and he he didn't even need it Uh, but he did it that's the point like so to me i get like when i'm having trouble resting i'm like god actually did this mm-hmm. i probably should do it so i have this i have this <laughs> phrase that runs through my head from time to time and you know is it god i don't know but I've, it acts as an accountability tool for me mm-hmm. and i think it, it goes along the lines of the sabbath like I've, I've you know i've worked in christian ministry pretty much you know my entire my entire career working mm-hmm. career um <laughs> and from time to time like i just like Will I get to the end of my life? How much will Jesus? Or will Jesus look? I guess I'm trying to put my thoughts together. You're, fine. Um, you're, you're trying to go Sarah. I, I get, this is neat. Get, I love it. Get to the end of my life, and Jesus will be like, "Listen, eighty percent of that I didn't ask you to do." Uh huh. Wow. I think about that all like, the time. All the time. Like I spent so much time justifying mm, things wow. for God, and will I get to the end? And Jesus was like, That's "It so was cool. so much more simple." Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to do 80% of that. And mm. I, I, I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I, I think about that all the time. So along the Sabbath line, like I'm going to get to the end of my life exhausted, exhausted. <laughs> and she's going to be like, listen, oh, I did all that. <laughs> yeah. you had so many opportunities just to rest and enjoy me. And you just wouldn't do it. <laughs> you just wouldn't do it. Um, and so those are like just thoughts that run through my head all the time. You know, as I'm sitting in, we're, we're like editing a video for church or, mm-hmm. you know, getting all the graphics together or preparing for Christmas mm-hmm. at the Warner. And mm-hmm. like all of this is good, but like how much of it will Jesus be like? Well, thanks. I just, I, it was great, but I didn't ask you to do it. You know, it's almost yeah. like, you know, a dad going, great job. Yeah, I didn't need it, but thank you. Thanks. But thanks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no, anyway. stop. That's anyway. too that's too far. But no, I I I totally resonate. Totally oh, resonate with that. And then the anyway, we won't go there. You could talk about seeing him all night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> so we have our discipleship question. Um, our normal one. How does this picture of Jesus compel me to live differently? Again, that's in reference to anytime Jesus kind of puts it out on the table that he's the son of God, son of man, kind of shows who he is. This is the question we want to ask ourselves. So how does this picture of Jesus in this situation, talking to um, talking to these people about the Sabbath, how does that compel us to live differently? Derek gives us a bonus question, which I think gets at the heart of this particular situation. What's a small step I could take toward a healthy Sabbath rhythm? Does anybody have any thoughts on that? 
I think that should be everyone's question, but any initial thoughts on that? What what small step could I take toward developing a healthy Sabbath rhythm if you don't have one already? I think find three hours. Start small. You don't got to go hit a home run on the first at bat. Like Find a two or three hour period and start Mm -hmm. this week. Mm -hmm. Not next week, not next month. Like this week, Mm -hmm. two or three hours. Mm -hmm. Find it and do it. And like I always say, keep talking to Jesus about it. Just go to him and be like, I'm really struggling with Sabbath. And just keep, hmm. do the small, like start small and just keep talking about it. Careful, you'll end up like in a hospital or something. It'll be like, you want a Sabbath? <laughs> Boom. Um, well, that's usually my story. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that God does that, but Nicole's like, oh, you're sick again. Hmm. Oh, I know. <laughs> my body, this is intentional. Mm-hmm. my body will shut all the way yeah. down. After Christmas, ask me if I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Ask me if I'm sick after Christmas. <laughs> I, I promise you I have RSV or something. Mm-hmm. I promise you. It my yep. Yeah. So yes, pick, pick a few sure. hours, try it out. I would say maybe find something, find something. If you're like a feeling like a productive person, like we're talking about, find something that you could do that's opposite of your normal work. That's like, good. like Mike yeah. said, like if it's a, like an example for me would be, um, doing some like s- s- organizing stuff yeah. in the basement, using my hands, moving around, doing yep. stuff way different than just like mind yeah. computer meetings, you know, mm-hmm. try to do something like that. I, I think an encouragement for me is uh, from me is enjoy that hobby again. That's good. Like, yeah. Probably somebody needs to hear that. Like yeah, you haven't pick it up, pick that pencil up because you love drawing and you haven't done it in Puzzles. ten years. Go enjoy the hobby again. Woodworking. Oh. I don't do any of those things. But oh, I thought you did. I'm like, <laughs> let's go to your Haga or whatever it's called. What's your house Anybody called? Number Huga. Huga. Hey guys, Huga. Guys, I think that's it. That was good. You guys are just awesome. Seriously, very insightful. Oh, I thought she was very talking to you, the listener, but she was talking to no, us. I was talking the, to panel. the panel. <laughs> I mean, you all are fantastic too, but. Yeah, love talking to you guys. Um, please don't forget to send us some questions. Guys, yeah, no please. one's sending us questions. It's super depressing. And we know you're listening because we, we know, see the stats. Yeah, yeah we see ah. the stats, and people are talking to us about it. So yep. for real, send me I'm a question. And it. if you want it to be a surprise question, we'll do a stump the panel oh. or something. It'll be fun. Oh, wow. Or if you want to know something about us, or if you want to tell us like that was really dumb what yeah. you said. Actually, the most yeah. time we take is like, what do we do for our intro question? What oh, should yeah. we, what should we oh, yeah. help us? Help got, us. That would be great. Intro question. Tell us what intro questions you want us to know. Yes, That's I love good. that. Subscribe to Smart. subscribe to this wherever you're listening. Give us a rating if you can. That'll help like get this in other people's uh, feeds and whatnot um, and share it with somebody else so we know that we should keep going. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for listening and we'll, we'll be back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.